I can give you two visions. Um, one is more like um, maybe more disseminated, like smart cities is uh, using technologies to make the uh, city's operations uh, more efficient, right? But the way that we see it, smart cities is where uh, it, everything that you do is to create a better environment for for people who lives there. Um, and yeah, maybe that's too, too broad, but um, there's a lot of efficiencies you can create in in, uh, in municipal operations that really don't translate into any benefit to the to the residents. Uh, that's how how I see. So the key is to find where that uh, technology is going to create. It's going to create like value added, right? To to what what you do. Um, I give an example. Um, I, um, I, I at some point I, I was working for as a as a city planner for a municipality outside uh, uh, Edmonton. Uh, it's uh, San Albert, like it's north, and uh, we were the first that. Uh, well, we were part of a, a task force actually from various departments to create terms of reference for smart cities in in, uh, in, in San Albert. So we kind of create the framework and then from there, council adopted the, the terms of reference and that kind of spanned through uh, a lot of uh, incentives and uh, initiatives uh, to implement the, the, the plan. But what we had to do to create the terms of reference is to explore other cities and say, what are other cities doing and what is what is the, this whole thing about uh, uh, smart cities? Because nobody knew that that was like six years ago, and uh, so we we kind of researched like uh, several case studies in Asia and Asia, and uh, that like it's amazing what you can do if you have the the means and you have the technology uh, uh, at your disposal. But at the end of the day, the cases that inform what we brought brought up to council is actually what are, what was the end result, right? Like what, what what was what arrived from that experience of that new technology in terms of not just efficiencies to the to the city, uh, like it, it is. It, don't get me wrong. If the being efficient is it's uh, it's important. Like uh, taxpayer money is it's it's your money, right? That's like, government doesn't have any money. It's your money. So he, they have to spend wisely. And so we, we understand that part. Like, we don't just discredit that. But at, at the end of the day, spending well, it's not just reducing cost. It's just spending in value-added uh, things. So that, that's where we, I think it's important. No, the, thank you for share share that with us because uh, yeah, at some point we we have to define together what uh, what smart cities are and uh, how like how we can get benefits out of that, right? So, uh, no, that's a good point. Uh, I think my next question will be: as everybody knows, like the most uh, popular uh, certification is LEED, right? So, how LEED is helping you? in order to take uh, important decisions in urban planning? Is something that you 
take as uh, some of the principles from there or do you have like some other type of uh, certification that helps you to kind of take decisions on your uh, urban planning um, uh, process? Um, I, I think lead is important and uh, it kind of creates kind of create a buzz in, in the industry when it, it came out. And then there, now there are other kind of certification that you can uh, seek to explain that your, uh, expand your uh, sustainable goals, right? There is a, a neighborhood certification that we, we used a few years ago, and now it, it has changed. But uh, the principles that you see in, in, in LEED are no different from other principles that you see in, in general uh, as best practice. The, I think the merits of seeking a certification is that it, it's organized in a way that it's easy to understand, right? So you follow this principle, this is the outcome, and this is what the benefit is. So it's very well uh, organized in, in a way that clearly shows the path to why, you, why this is important, how you do it, uh, what do you want to achieve, and what is the uh, and what is the benefit? So, in in that part, I think uh, many of those certifications are important. Uh, now, would I would I prefer one over another? Like, I wouldn't say that I have a preferred one, but I I, I do recognize that lead uh, has kind of a, a very strong uh, brand and recognition in the market. And, uh, and if, they, if they have that, it's, it's because they have done something right. right? So we don't uh, discredit using lead if you have to. Um, the building code in Alberta is very strong now. So uh, at some point we were doing like rezoning applications uh, for direct control, which is something very special, unique. So we would include in that application a requirement to have a lead certification, uh, at least a, a, a silver certification for some buildings. Today, we don't have to do anymore. Why? Because the building code, the new building code in Alberta, recognize some of the best practices and principles that were embedded in, in certification like lead. They're very important. So we don't have to do that anymore because we, we were able to achieve similar uh, outcomes. No, that's, uh, that's really important, right? Because... Uh I think what uh, makes the code or the lead uh, certification is basically define a baseline, right? Where you can define, okay, for, from this line up, and that is in order to foresee the avoidance of uh, certain issues down the road, right? So at least uh, now that you are sharing that with us, is like, okay, well, uh, the code is, is meeting those uh, regulations and even better. So it's like, okay, well, we are thinking that we are in the good path on that, right? So that's that's good as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I could just give you one example. I worked on urban design plan a few years, actually it's almost like 10 years ago now. Uh, it's called uh, The Quarters, which is the east side of downtown in Edmonton. Uh, and it's an neighborhood that really need some kind of a uh, revitalization efforts. So at that time, we work with a, uh, a lead expert to 
implement a zoning that uh, would give more uh, development rights for who, whoever would implement certain uh, sustainable principles in the design. They were very close to need, but the, but that developer wouldn't have to pursue a need certification, right? Mm. So at that time, people said, "Well, it, it's great that you're giving like those uh, those credits, but uh, nobody knew how to do it, right?" So it, it was was very slow implemented through several uh, developers trying to build more than the than the, the baseline. Fast forward today, they they just think it's very easy. Like nobody has like any more concerns about how to like not not anybody, but the concerns that have really decreased because now it's it's a it's a practice in the industry. It's throughout the industry. So they they understand why it was done at that time and they don't see it like a uh, a, a hurdle to uh, achieve what is in the in the regulations. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, well, in terms of, well, I can remember again back home in Mexico, right? So, uh, some developers, the most of the time, were more motivated because it was certain incentives from the government in order to kind of move forward or get uh, certain things. Yeah, more more like like that, right? Uh, incentives in order to kind of make the developers to kind of just build better, right? Every time. So, do you know that uh, if something similar is happening here in in, in Canada or, or in Alberta, so that some developers can be uh, can have benefits uh, through incentives from the government or or private sector? Do you know anything about it? Not that I'm aware of, but the, the, this project that I and that I was explaining really pretty much is a is an incentive framework in in uh, embedded in the zoning regulations. Right? So I can give an example: like most of the areas in 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 that uh, neighborhood can have up to three stories and a floor area ratio of three. But if you follow that uh, this the incentive framework, you can in, in certain areas you can achieve like eighteen stories and have like uh, double the the floor area ratio of the FAR. So it is an incentive, and, and those that want to pursue that route, they have to understand the importance of the certification and, and understand the system. Yeah, no, pretty interesting. Next, uh, as a urban planner. And maybe if you can talk as an, an ambassador of the, your community, what is the common vision for the industry? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I can speak uh, on behalf of the whole industry. I, I there's a lot of like uh, urban planner is is too broad. Like there's a lot of type of planners, like heritage planners, social planners, right? There's a, uh, there's a lot of different streams, and 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 that's why we. We are very, in a way, we are generalist uh, professions. So we rely on uh, uh, specialists like architects and engineers to uh, uh, implement what we we think is it's a good vision. But lately, what has caught my interest is really to do if development. And, and that's where 
that's what I find my comfort zone, so to speak now. And, uh, and, and the more that I do, I see that that's so much more that we can do in infield. In, in like uh, the city of Edmonton uh, is just in the process of approving a new municipal development plan. And it's, it's a very uh, progressive plan uh, and encouraging growth from 1 million people to 2 million people without changing the boundaries of the city. So uh, there were several reports prepared for that plan, and, uh, and uh, it, it is going to be a great plan. But the more that I read about technical uh, support for that vision, the more you can fall in love uh, with, with uh, urban planning and infill. That's, that's everything, like everything is a possibility. Yet we have, you know, we have the resources, we have the space to, to be even greater the city than what we are today without changing our boundaries. So like I told you, I, 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 I came to Canada and I went to school. I actually went to Calgary and I didn't mention that, but I went to Calgary for a long time. I, I commute Calgary, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary. But so I, I, I know a lot, a lot about this corridor and I also work in the, in more, uh, uh, towns and rural areas, but today I just feel that I have I have so much to work in Edmonton that I don't have to go outside. It, it's you know the possibilities are very uh, broad and limited. Hmm. No, I think uh, thank you for sharing all this. Um, I have like some more questions, but, but again, as always, uh, time is a constraint. So maybe we can just leave those questions for, uh, for the next meeting. And, uh, the only, I have a couple of questions that is, uh, is left. Uh, one is my signature question, which is pretty specific for you, Marcelo. So whatever you can share with us, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? <laughs> oh, that, it's very. It, can, it can be a phrase. It can be a word. <laughs> it can be like uh, the the main purpose of this question is because I know that a lot of uh, new generation are listening uh, this podcast right now, and this is a little bit of encouragement for everybody. Like they're trying to kind of be better every time, right? And uh, trying to understand better best practices. And at some point, you can just look as a professional, look at the past and saying, hmm, if I, if I knew this situation a while ago, or maybe that would be strengthening my path pretty easily, right? So what, you, what that could be? <laughs> you know, when you, when you, when you get out, get out, get off to school when uh, you, you young and, uh, and to a certain level ambition, um, you want to embrace the world, right? Uh, and, and that's fine. Um, one thing that I learned is that if one thing can, can go wrong, it will go wrong. So if I knew that earlier, I would just make sure that I, uh, you know, I approach that problem earlier and, and it would just make my life this. So today, if, I, if I identify something that can go wrong, I, I don't kind of dismiss or it doesn't go to my B list. I, I face it uh, right away. 
Right. No, I think that is, is a really good point, right? Uh, sometimes we we feel like uh, an issue will not be an issue and all of a sudden it came like a double or triple of the problem, right? And uh, uh, no, I think that is a, a really good approach in that regard. So no, thank you for, for sharing that with us. And yeah, my last question is uh, how how can we connect with you and your uh, company? Well, I, I used to be uh, a little more active in social media. I, I still follow. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm a, I'm a little bit disengaged, uh, to be frankly, uh, because I see like a lot of bubbles and I really want to, I really want to exchange opinions and sometimes it's hard, but like uh, anybody can, can find me on social media. It's there. Of course, like uh, in terms of the uh, Green Space Alliances, uh, uh, the website is it's it's easy to find as well, and uh, and we are we are there anytime. Like if we're, we're not physically there, but our, our minds is it, it, there, so uh, we we don't take uh, anything lightly. Um, if if we if somebody comes to us, we try to help as much as we can. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and this is the wrap. So thank you for your time, Marcelo. Thank you for your willing to, to be part of this, uh, crazy ideas to start a conversation, try to about your, your specific industry, try to kind of uh, share with everybody a little bit of your experience. And, uh, hopefully, yeah, we can work together in the future. And, uh, and hopefully everybody can just find this, uh, information valuable and, uh, get be better in the industry. Thank you for your time. Um, no, I really enjoyed like, the conversation and I uh, appreciate your time. Like uh, I, maybe I gave some long questions, but if you decide you have a lot of questions, or maybe we can do this another time or you can, we can find a way to have all your questions uh, answered. But thank you again. I, and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism, so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable, and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also, if you like what you get from this audio, I will recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.